0: for those of you who were in the previous class, so whatever momentum you establish, try to reconnect to that momentum. Or recall the best meditation you had and try to reconnect with that. Experiencing experiencing whatever measure of tranquility in the body or in the mind, try to stay within the stream of that tranquility. to deepen that sense of tranquility to sort of pacify any either manifest or unconscious unconscious worry whatever concerns you have whether they are deeply personal or global that dominates your thinking where you have a sense of urgency to understand or to resolve have the confidence here and now that what you are doing right now is a direct effective means of addressing those concerns Be opened to Tranquility. Be opened to the freedom and might of compassion. Be open to directly perceiving and experiencing the true nature of your mind. And be mindful of how that openness enhances the sense of whatever measure of tranquility you're experiencing. how the body, the body's intelligence is giving free advice as to how best to position the body to fulfill the objective of your intentions. Tranquility manifests through the legs, through the arms and hands, through the torso, the back, the head and neck, the mouth, teeth, tongue. Her cheeks, her eyes. Make adjustments accordingly, either physically or energetically. in order to further enhance the experience of the tranquility. And when you notice the breath Participating. Allowing itself to be influenced by the tranquility. Gently turn your attention to the breath. Watch out for the part of the ego that wants to control. Let that part rest. No need to stop the senses from being the senses. No need to stop the ears from hearing. No need to make the ears hear any specific things. And the same goes for any of the senses. And with the same with the breath. No need to control the breath. No need to force the mind to focus on the breath. No need to chase away distractions. Gently be aware of the breath. As you breathe in, know you are breathing in. As you breathe out, know you are breathing out. Breathing in, breathing out, stay connected to the tranquility permeating your body, your breath and your mind. Continuing to observe the breath in this way, noticing, being mindful of the enhancement taking place with tranquility, until you notice a slight shift in how the breath is behaving, as though the breath and tranquility are becoming one entity. And there's a slight difference in how you are perceiving the body. When you notice this, then have the intention, added intention, to keep the flow of your awareness on the breath unbroken for 11 cycles of breath. Continue with that intention to keep the flow of awareness on the breath unbroken. No matter what else your senses pick up, you do not chase them, you do not grasp, nor do you lose the flow of awareness on the breath. Until you reach a certain point where there is another shift in the depth and enhanced quality of the tranquility, where the tranquility in the mind, the breath and the body becomes one entity. within the experience of that tranquility, continuing to experience it, bring your attention to the space in front of you, at the level of your eyebrows, and recall your intention, your motivation, and be open for it to be infused by whatever level of altruism, however however much that it can be infused with. The intention, the motivation, be aware of how it's further clarifying the mind, further clarifying awareness, intensifying alertness, while at the same time, tranquility is being further enhanced. your intentions, your motivation as much as you can be open for it to be infused with altruism until you experience a certain shift in consciousness either the tranquility becomes more intense something about the awareness of body, the mind or the breath shifts to a level of more intensity, more clarity, more tranquility. Whatever the means that is going to, without a doubt, infallibly help you achieve your objectives, help you find the understanding you are desperately seeking, the solution that you're seeking, the transformation that you're seeking. Feel the presence of this infallible guide, this infallible means, and strengthen your connection, express your reverence, your gratitude, and consciously entrust yourself, take refuge. Open yourself to be free of the habits that are holding you back. Open yourself to be free. So whatever habits you need to take on, you may have the natural strength, energy to take them. And infuse, infuse all this momentum with whatever altruism that you can. The slow closing of the doors of distraction and allow it to take place. And bring that momentum now to the crown of your head. physical emotional way you are aware of that presence of your infallible means at the crown of your head be open to letting go of what you need to let go of to take on what you need to take on be open to the freedom and might of compassion. Be open to directly experience, directly perceive the true nature of your mind. Let that openness give you a sense of readiness. feel ready, as open as you can be to the freedom and power of compassion to directly experience, perceive the true nature of your mind. Bring that momentum from the crown of your head into the centre of your heart centre. Let all egotistic discrimination, go to rest. All judgment, go to rest. And just stay open. Do not judge what's going on as good or bad, proper or improper. should or shouldn't, whatever subtle phenomena manifest, try to stay with that. There is something left unknown results in all those things that you have concerns about and their perpetual recycling. That which you need to know can only be perceived after you open the mind, the eye that is within your heart center. And that which you need to know already dwells within you. a nice snapshot of the degree of tranquility that you have achieved, and now make the decision to come out, bring your attention to the breath, observing the physical properties of the breath, the warmth, the coolness, the weight. And through the consciousness that is awakened by turning your attention to those properties of the breath, let that very consciousness take in the physical properties of the body and your immediate surroundings. Hello everyone. <laughs> Thank you. <Welcome>. All <laughs> right. Uh it's kind of weird. The first time I'm going to announce is that I'm not, we're not gonna have class next Friday. Because <laughs> 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 next Friday is the fourteenth and I believe uh Gishy will be in town. He's gonna be giving a teaching very close by, so a lot of you would we want to attend, so no need for any conflicts, okay? And it's, uh, I guess, the proper thing to do for, because he's my elder, so I have to make sure that uh, people go to him, okay? Just like if the Lama is in town, I shouldn't be keeping people away from seeing him, okay? All right, so... We have the text. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's growing. <laughs> <I don't> <laughs> um, some people may have to share. So, Don't worry, we're not, not going to read that much, okay? For those of you who don't like to read. And for those of you who love to read, sorry, we're not going to read that much also. <laughs> We can't satisfy everybody. We'll <laughs> check so we've reached a point in the in the text where uh, Nagarjuna is talking about how the bodhisattva is going through the various stages, and he's presenting it in a very poetic way. So the first one is the is the stage called the stage of joy. And the reason that it's called the stage of joy is because at this point the bodhisattva uh, has, for the first time, had a direct experience of the true nature of reality. And that gives the bodhisattva a great sense of confidence in truth. And because of that, the bodhisattva has a natural uh, tendency for uh, uh, what you might call uh, anything that connects with attachment naturally fades away and the bodhisattva is no longer uh, uh, under the sway, under the uh, compulsion of attachment, that is, you know, uh, grasping to this as mine and wanting to protect it and wanting to keep people away from it. And the the actual, uh, the opposite occurs when uh, an opportunity for the bodhisattva to exercise giving Takes place, the Bodhisattva experiences great joy at the opportunity. And just thinking about it gives the Bodhisattva great joy. And of course, the Bodhisattva knows the joy comes from also seeing for the first time the true nature of reality, and that gives the Bodhisattva a great joy. And this joy is continuous. It's not that he, uh, the Bodhisattva touches that once in a while, but is constantly in that state of joy. And that joy sort of like magnifies when an opportunity for Exercise uh, uh, giving takes place. Okay, so it uh, is said that this at this level the bodhisattva now masters uh, the perfection of giving. Okay, it's not this, the first time the bodhisattva is practicing giving, but it's at this level the bodhisattva really understands what t- what's involved in giving. Okay, and also because of because of that, because of what gives rise to natural generosity. And the Bodhisattva understands the true nature of reality. That is, the Bodhisattva understands what gives rise to to uh, unwanted experiences and what gives rise to pleasant experiences. And because of this direct understanding, the Bodhisattva now has what you might call natural ethics. And when the Bodhisattva now... Uh, has uh, reached a level where he definitely turns away from any unskillful actions. Where the, the Bodhisattva's every action becomes an act of virtue. Even when the Bodhisattva is asleep, the Bodhisattva is collecting virtue. Not even in dreams, it is said, will the Bodhisattva even entertain a thought that is unskillful. Because all these things... Uh, within the nature of reality, so being ethical is not so much something that you're forced uh, a behavior that is you're forced to have that is against your natural uh, momentum, but rather it is on or it is already part of your innate nature to be to be ethical. So for you to be naturally ethical, strangely enough, stop trying to be ethical. <laughs> <laughs> Just align yourself with, with your true nature and you will find yourself naturally ethical. Okay, now that's Arya people that we may not even come close to really uh, have a true uh, a true appreciation of. But in but there are uh, what you might call parallel developments taking place even though you're not at that Arya level yet. Okay? Eventually in your life, there will come a time where there are certain behavior that you find yourself naturally not wanting to in, in, engage in anymore. Okay. So that's, you're, you're progressing. And I said last time that at first you may experience this, you may experience this as, as a form of, of, of being sad, as a form of being depressed, because something familiar is seemed to be uh, moving away from you. And the natural tendency, the natural reaction towards when a familiar seems to be going away, we seem to be sad. Okay, even if sometimes uh, it was an abusive kind of a uh, uh, behavior, either you were subject to or you were subjecting others to, when you lose the familiarity, that sense of losing familiarity gives natural rise to a sense of sadness. Okay, so this sadness is actually a good sadness. It means you're evolving. It means you're growing up. And eventually, but the Bodhisattva, <laughs> uh, uh, the Arya uh, uh, achieves a level of joy, but you go through first a, a, a level of a sadness, and then if you don't fight it, don't try to push it away, don't try to clean it immediately, you will find that within that, there's a, there's a, there's a, a, a sense of uh, uh, stillness, a sense of joy even within that, and you're able to connect with that. Okay. And eventually, uh, not only this happens at the level of of how you relate with your reality with in your thoughts, but also how you relate with your in your reality with your actions. There are certain things. You will just not find joy in doing anymore. It doesn't mean that you're becoming depressed. It doesn't mean that you're becoming uh, dysfunctional. Well, actually, that's uh, that, that's the key key element there. If your depression is making you dysfunctional, it's not the depression. It's not the, the kind that we're talking about that is ev- the sign of evolution. Okay, that means you're depressed clinically and you need you need help. You need to do something about it. Okay, but if you're not feeling dysfunctional as a result of this, this sort of despondency, it means you're evolving, you're growing, you're letting go of things that are not skillful, that are not uh, um, taking you to uh, higher levels uh, of, 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 of existence. Okay. Uh, so that would be th- what you might call the, the, uh, the parallel uh, uh, experience that is taking place with the aria and those of us who are not yet arias, okay? There's these transformations, the arias also went through, and now you're going through them, okay? Uh, so the, the one more is patience. That's the next level. So the first level is generosity becomes natural. The next level, ethics becomes natural. The next level is you become naturally patient. Okay. It's, it's as if in this, in this level, it's sort of uh, uh, incompatible for you to have any thoughts, any emotions of, that will distance you from a, from a sentient being. Because the initial motivation that's, that pushed you on the path is a desire, an aspiration to be as close to sentient beings as possible. And then your only, the only thought that comes into your mind when you think of them is a concern for their welfare. And you understand that whatever behaviour that they display, it either comes from either they are wise or they are completely stupid. And if they're completely stupid, you don't, you know, you don't. Uh, uh, And they say, you don't uh, put them down because they're stupid. You have compassion for them. Okay? And if the stupid person is is, uh, attacking you, is trying to harm you, okay? If someone is, uh, let me put it this way, if someone is attacking you, trying to harm you, it can only be a stupid person. Because only a stupid person will do such a thing. Because they don't know the real consequence of trying to, of harming someone else. If they knew the real consequence of harming someone else, they would not do it. But because they're deluded, they think that somehow they can get some sort of benefit in harming you. Then out of that delusion, they're acting. So you, at that level, all you can see is someone who's over, overtaken, overwhelmed by delusion. And because of that, because you have concern, sincere concern for their welfare, you see that they're acting Stupidly, you see that they're acting not out of their true intent. So you have compassion for them, and that compassion, that natural compassion, give manifests as what someone will say: you have patience, okay, with this person. You, it's, it's, it becomes because of that clarity of understanding, it is impossible for you to be angry at someone. First, because it is incompatible with your uh, uh, ideals and aspirations and secondly anything close to even being displeased by someone is just would uh, would um, for a bodhisattva if if such a emotion would manifest in the mind of a bodhisattva it would be like someone shouting you know or someone uh, uh, nailing uh, uh, a wooden <laughs> nail in your head any, anything close to giving rise to such an emotion in your mind would be very painful for you, because you're acutely aware of how destructive these kinds of emotions are, and you already created a long, uh, a great distance from any kind of any any such thoughts. Now, when the aria, it's all gone, no more. you not even, you cannot even be tempted to be to be angry. Okay. someone can try as hard as they can to make you angry and they will just be wasting their time the harder they try the more compassion you would have for them okay now before, before we get to this area state it's just like uh, a parent understands under understanding a child and there are certain behavior that the child exhibits which is really trying to get the, trying to control the parent, trying to make the parent uh, have a certain emotion, especially the emotion of on being annoyed. Because, uh, unfortunately, the dynamic between the parent and the child is that when the parent is annoyed, the child gets something. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> something that's some sort of reward. Either they're left alone, <laughs> or they're given something so that they can be left alone, Okay. So uh, the child sort of learns to manipulate the, the the parent that way. Now, when the parent becomes wise to this, so when the child is trying to get to the parent, uh, uh, get try to get to the parent, the parent it no longer allows that to be uh, something to give rise to anger within them or being annoyed. Uh, so, with with you, just because you're you are in, uh, you have a sincere aspiration towards truth. You may have no idea what that truth is. You may have a complete wrong understanding of what that truth may be. But because your aspiration is sincere, just that alone will guide your behavior. And you will just not want to be bothered with certain emotions, with displaying certain emotions. Especially the emotion of anger, the emotion of being annoyed, is just completely a wasteful uh, emotion to have. Now, it doesn't mean, this is where we get confused, especially in the beginning. It doesn't mean that when there is some, something that needs a forceful, uh, 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 forceful correction, correction <laughs> that you will not take that up out of compassion. It doesn't mean that if someone is doing something uh, destructive, that you will just somehow see it as somebody, you know, giving flowers to someone. Okay, you will not be so stupid. Okay, <laughs> being spiritual, being evolving doesn't mean that you get stupider and stupider. And then when someone is harming you, and you just have the stupid understanding that oh, they're not really harming me; they're just doing me a good deed. That's not that, that's not what the compassion comes from. Okay. Uh, so, remember, it's knowing truth. That's the path. It's not being oblivious to it. It's not creating a, an illus- a, a, another illusory world on top of this illus- already illusory world where you just know everything is, is flowery. That's not, that's not what it is about. Okay. If someone is harming you, you know that they are harming you. But you will not respond in a way that is unskillful anymore. Okay, you will res- you will you will now respond skillfully. That means you will really stop the person, and that stopping the person will not have uh, uh, either a destructive repercussion on the person or destructive repercussion repercussion on you. That means you have really stopped it. That is being skillful. So far, anger is an unskillful way of dealing with something. Uh, uh, we were supposed to read something in there. So read. <laughs> Quickly, read 7, <laughs> verse 7. Everybody's there? Yes. Okay, read it. At the moment
1: when the Vajra-like Samadhi is able to obliterate the boss. at that very moment, the light burning inside
0: will shine throughout and reaches of all states. Ah, thank you. Alright. Remember remember this verse? And now go to verse seventy-nine. The Vajalak Samadhi obliterates the ver- the vase, the vase. <laughs> and then okay. the natu- the natural luminosity just shines. Okay? Now Verse 79.
1: <laughs> the stains stain are those whose shift, shifting power mark more, with the, the constant stains of desire and rest. Whoever has, has grown, grown free of flaws is pure, is pure and this is what the stainless
0: signifies. Continue, the next one. Once,
1: Once affliction's net is right rent asunder, asunder, a flawless wisdom, wisdom shines, and with, and with its light purifies upright upright all darkness, darkness, past, past all, all limit, removing mm-hmm. it, the heavens mm-hmm. illuminates.
0: Okay, so these, uh, these this, uh, the verse we had before last time that talks about the state of joy, these two verses you just read, well you read three, but <laughs> the, the 70s, uh, verses in the 70 and 80, uh, these two verses were referring to the, the next two stages. Uh, the first one is called joy. The second one is called what did it say? Stainless. 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 And the one after that is called Illuminate. illuminating. Now, I have witnessed this myself. Some of you probably have witnessed it also. If you if you saw the kamapa, the present kamapa. The first time I saw the kamapa, he was like uh, I was in Salah somewhere going to. Get some chapati or something like that. <laughs> and then there was a motor car approaching. And everybody was moving away. I said, what's going on? Why is everybody moving away? And it was the kamapa coming. And then and I looked. And I saw this guy as if he had a light bulb inside his head. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I kept looking back, looking back. Is that guy really glowing? <laughs> it wasn't like, a, like an emotional kind of glow. It was like a physical glow. Mm-hmm. Like there was a, a physical light bulb in his head. It was like a thousand watts or something, and it was, it's, it's like it was, no, his head was plugged in or something, okay? And that is what they're referring to at the, second, at, at the stage called the luminous, at a certain state of, of uh, mastering meditation you get closer, you reveal more and more subtle aspects of your of, of your being, more and more uh, aspects of your consciousness. And eventually, it will not be just a personal subjective experience anymore. It will be an objective, uh, object, objective no, no, yeah, <laughs> it will be an objective phenomena, okay? It's not just you feeling good inside and no one knows if you're feeling good or not but there will be this physical glow shining through you. That's what the stage, the luminous, is referring to. It's, with, it's, it's called the luminous not just because you have this uh, metaphorical wisdom. You, see, you, you, you have this bright mind like Einstein or something like that. Okay? That's not, the, that's not the, what they're referring to. They're referring to a, not only that, <laughs> but there's a physical manifestation taking place in your body itself. As your consciousness is getting, as your attention is able to which, go into more and more subtle sort of levels of awareness, there's a transformation also taking place in your physical body. And one of the signs of it is that your physical body emits light, OK? Now, when the, when the Kamapa uh, was first born, I'm not sure tr- about, I wasn't there, but <laughs> people say, they say that the light was so bright that you could read by, and I'm not quite sure. <laughs> I'm not quite sure how true that is, if it was just, you know, if devotional speaking. But, <laughs> it's you can, it's, it's an it's a obvious, evident brightness. And you can sort of notice it at a very subtle level. Like, if your eyes are attuned to that kind of thing, you can see that there are certain people that sort of shine. Like, for example, when a Dalai Lama is in, in a room, there seems to be this, brightness, even though it may not be an evident, like, you know, like a light bulb kind of, but there seems to be this brightness, okay? And eventually, uh, uh, they say the, uh, uh, it's a strange thing. (laughs) As this transformation takes place, your body naturally starts to shine. Now, this will become a distraction. So when you... (laughs) evolve to a higher state, you tone it down. Okay? It would be like showing off, you know.
1: (laughs) So, you don't want to walk
0: around look at me.
1: I'm
0: a third Everybody, bodhisattva. (laughs) Bow to me, you you ordinary person. (laughs) Okay? Uh, In the beginning, you cannot control it. Okay. it will just you, you will just shine okay and then later on you will exercise a certain control over it but it doesn't mean that the transformation in your body is stop is stopping because you're controlling the, the brightness okay um, and so yeah so at that level that's when you you uh, 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 you, you pass beyond being stainless, okay? Your ethics, you're, you're naturally ethical. You're naturally patient. So all these things are connected. So the reason that we're not shining is because our minds are filled with kleshas. That's why we need light bulbs to to, to see. Okay. All right? Thank you. All right. Animation. That's all. I'd say that's all you're going to be reading. Can we keep
1: No.
0: No, we need them because okay. next I, time.
1: We had some attrition before. <laughs> i sure some people are enjoying it. Uh, you can find this
0: yeah. on uh, <laughs> online. <laughs> yeah. This particular yeah. yeah. translation, though. So just remember, before joy, there's depression. (laughs) And before uh, good meditation, there is bad meditation. (laughs) So while you're experiencing bad meditation, that means you're on the way. way. Very good. just keep going. And you'll reach a little corner. It's called Extremely Boring Avenue. Okay? It's it's, it's a little street, okay? But it's going to look like a boulevard. (laughs) It's going to feel like a boulevard. It's going to be extremely boring now that you're very close. Okay? So if you're very bored with your meditation, that's good. Okay? Okay? But if you're bored before you even start meditating, that's bad. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Right. So try to reconnect to the sense of tranquility you had before. Just remember it and try to stay in that recollection and allow it to permeate your being. So once you've reconnected with the initial sense of tranquility, try to stabilize it by observing five cycles of breath. attention back to your heart center, remember your intention and be open again, open to directly perceiving and experiencing the true nature of your mind. You remain in that openness. Whenever you become aware of any subtle phenomena taking place within, try to go in the direction of that subtle phenomena without grasping it, without rejecting that which is not this subtle phenomena. Just move in that direction and try to be as aware of it as possible. And when a more subtle phenomena manifests, then go in that direction. And keep that openness. within whatever measure of tranquility you brought yourself into while in that tranquility allow your heart the freedom to embrace all beings with compassion and let that tranquility be a gift to them That it will help them become free of whatever delusion is overpowering them. Especially the delusion that makes them believe that harming someone else can somehow benefit them. dedicate Slowly bring your attention back to the physical properties of the breath. Feel the warmth, the coolness as you breathe in and breathe out. Feel the weight of the breath. The consciousness that is awakened by turning your attention to these properties of the breath. Let it now take in the physical properties of the body. From the crown of your head all the way to the soles of your feet.